Good morning. How are you guys? Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you're all here. We are coming before our king this morning, so would you stand with me? Let's welcome him here this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here. Thank you for being in the seat that each person is, has uh, just taken for right now, Lord. And I just thank you for meeting us here. Lord, we're going to worship you now, and I pray that our offering will be sweet to you. And I pray you will be pleased with it. So help us to check in all of our stuff that we've dealt with all week. Lord, I just pray that we'll leave it at the doorway and that we'll be able to come into your presence, that you will be just completely pleased with us and, and that we will honor you, Lord, and we'll get to enjoy your presence. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And we ask you to come into this place in Jesus' name. Amen.
is good all the time. God is good. Amen. Are you awake? It helped you wake up a little bit. <laughs> That's a good thing. We're going to introduce a new song to you guys this morning. It's a Zach Williams song called The Rescue Story. How many of you have been rescued? Has Jesus rescued you? Man, he has rescued me. We had an amazing time on Friday night at the prayer meeting here, and it, it, it was just, I can't even explain it, but God showed up. You guys can sit down if you're uncomfortable, or if you want to stand up, you can. Feel free to do what you, what you feel God leading you to do, but I want you guys to, to really understand that you were prayed over Friday. Every single person in this room was prayed over. Our church was prayed over. Our community was prayed over. And God is moving. And he is doing things. And we need to be excited about it because we have a God that does amazing things. Amen? He does amazing things. So I wanted to just share with you here on this song, <clears throat> the first verse. Kylie, you can put that up if you don't mind. It says, there I was, empty-handed, crying out from the pit of my despair. Have you ever been in despair? I have. It's rough when you just cry out because you have nothing left to do. And now, and then it says, there you were in the shadows. He's always there. Holding out your hand, you met me there. He's meeting us. He's here today, and he's with all of us, and we have been prayed over, and we get to enjoy Jesus' presence. So you guys can stand if you want to. I just didn't want to make you stand the whole time. You can do what you feel Jesus is leading you to, but we're going to teach this song to you this morning and just pray that you can soak him up because he is our rescuer.
never gave up on me. You never gave up on me. You were my testimony. Oh, you never gave up on me. You never gave up on me. You were my testimony. Let's all stand.
Man, it's good to sit in his presence, isn't it? It's just, there's just nothing better than being able to feel him just come in and settle our hearts down and settle our week down and know he's got it. He's got our week. He's got our nation. We don't have anything to worry about. He told us a lot not to worry. Does anybody worry? Yeah, (laughs) I worry too. I think it's human. But to know that his word is true, that we can trust it, we can believe it, and know that he's in control of it, that's just super comforting. I can't imagine what it's like to be out in this world and not know him. Church, they need to know him.
children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you Jesus, we come before you today. We thank you, Father, for being here. We thank you, Lord, that we get to worship you. Lord, there is nothing better than stepping into your presence. There is nothing better than sitting at your feet. 
And Lord, I thank you for each person here. Lord, you know them. You know them. You wove them together. And Lord, I pray that they will draw closer to you. Lord, we prayed earlier before anyone was here. We prayed for every person that was going to walk in the door today. And those that are sitting behind a screen at home. Lord, I just pray that you will continue to protect us now. Don't let the enemy in here. He doesn't belong here. You're not allowed in here, Jesus. Your word is being spoken. And Lord, we want this time to be a time that is precious with you. So we ask you to come into this place. We ask you to touch Pastor Matt. Pour your anointing over him. Lord, speak your word boldly to us. We need to change, Jesus. We know we're transforming. So Lord, transform us all today. Give us teachable hearts. Give us hearts that are open to let you come in and pull out any weed that isn't teachable. Get it out of there, Jesus. Maybe a little painful, but Lord, we know you'll cover that. Lord, we want to be changed to be more like you. And then we want to leave this place as believers that are going out to find those that are lost. They need you. And we need you too. So Lord, this time that we have with you now is precious. And we know that with every tick of the clock, it's one more day, one more second closer to your coming back, which means it's one more second less time we have to tell someone about you. So don't let us sit. Let us get up and move our feet and go to the lost because they need you, Lord. They need you so much. So Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person here. and We love you. We bless your name. You are worthy of our praise, Jesus. In your name, amen. Well, just to fill you all in on a few things coming up, we have an exciting October. So, baptism is coming up again on October 18th. If you want to be baptized, if you feel just an inkling that you want to be baptized, come up and talk to Pastor Matt or Scott or I. We will give you all the details. We will fill you in on that. Do not miss that opportunity. It is awesome. Right, Rachel? Yes. <laughs> so we want you to be able to be a part of that. Uh, new member class starts uh, is next week, October 4th. It sure is already. So it starts at 4.30, goes till maybe about an hour and a half. If you want to be part of that, you can contact the church office. You can come up and talk to Pastor Matt. Any of us will, will help you with that. Trunk or treat this year. We're excited about it. It's going to be a little bit different than it has been in the past. We're going to do the classic cars. So if you have a classic car, uh, an, an old car, a cool car, motorcycle, any of that stuff, if you guys want to have that displayed, you can still do that. We're going to do that portion of it. We're going to have decorated trunks for people to trick or treat from. And then we are going to have a drive-in movie out here. So everybody's going to be able to come and tune in the movie on your radio like you would hang the thing on the side of your car. Anybody go to drive-in movies before? Yeah, there's so much fun. So we're going to be doing that movie out here. It's going to be Monsters, Inc. It's a great time to invite your neighbors. We encourage you to invite your neighbors. Get them here. Let them have fun. The high school is going to do the concession stand. So we're going to have things there. It's going to be super fun. So we want you to be part of that as well. 
I also want to remind everyone that the offering can be taken back. We have four offering plates along the back, and you can put your offering in there. You can do it online, or you can drop it off at the church office at any point during the week. And other than that, you guys have a blessed time in the Word with Pastor Matt. Thank you, Lori. Well, it's good to see you all today. Glad you are here. And uh, man, what an amazing worship set, but what an amazing God that we serve. I, I want to ask you right now as we begin, um, and prayer team, you know who you are, the ones that have uh, already committed to, to prayer. I want to ask you to be in prayer right now over this service as we go through the service together. But beyond that, I want you to be in prayer for that time for our trunk or treat. This is a big event, but this is not just a, an event just to you know have candy and to just throw you know just uh, you know confetti and all and watch a movie. You could do that at home. You can do that anywhere else. But this is a time for us to have an opportunity to reach into people's lives on purpose and love them as Jesus would love them. And I want to ask you to watch for those God moments as we are together and we're rubbing shoulders with people in the community. There probably will be, there could be four, five hundred, six hundred people that come through here. I have to believe that at least one of them might need a touch from Jesus. And that's a day when we can see God give us the eyes to see that opportunity open up a door that I would have never expected, open up a trunk, so to speak, that we would have never imagined, allow us to speak to people's and into people's hearts. Would you pray with me about that as we continue and move forward to that day? I know you will. I also want to, as you've heard already, celebrate an amazing prayer weekend. I mean, some great things happened. We had a good group here, and I know you all would have been here if you could have been, but I'm telling you what, it was the ones that we were, we were able to be here. We, we, we were thinking of you, praying for you, and we had to sense the presence of God upon us. We prayed over our community. We prayed over our mayor. We prayed over those leaders of our nation, as well as the leaders here within our church. We prayed for the other churches in our town. It was a beautiful time and it was where God showed up in an amazing way what a great thing and by the way be uh, stay tuned there's more to come where that came from so to speak well we continue today in James and James chapter 2 verses 14 through 26 man he 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 is not letting up I mean, he just continues, James just continues to push and push and bring to the forefront exactly what he is seeing happening in the church at that time. In Jerusalem, he was seeing that this church was so good and so strong and, I mean, and so many great people, but here was the thing that was happening is they were doing a lot of good talking, but there wasn't much happening beyond the talk. And so he begins to see and, and, and kind of just weave his way through this portion of the chapter to remind them, you know what? When it comes to faith, it's got to be worked out and revealed in our action. Faith is revealed in our action. It's completed in our actions. I, I want to tell you this morning as I start... You are a good church. 
And I'm thankful for you. As a matter of fact, as a pastor, um, you're one of the best parts of who I am as a pastor. I'm so just uh, thankful to the Lord to have an opportunity to be your, uh, your pastor, your friend, to walk with you through things that you're going through, the ups and the downs. And I want to tell you today, church, I believe in you. I just believe in you. I wouldn't spend so much time in prayer. I wouldn't spend the time. I wouldn't waste my, my breath up here if I didn't feel like what we do here translates into action beyond these walls. And I see it, and I know you're doing it. Keep up the good work. And James is, in his way, he's encouraging us in the same way. He said, he starts out very strong, and he says to us these words in verse 14. If you want to turn there with me, James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Let's just stop there for a moment. I just want to ask you to allow that to just sink in. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Martin Luther, as he began to read these words, he just kind of shut his Bible. He was so upset because he's thinking of other portions of Scripture where Paul is saying to us, you know what, it's by faith that you have been saved. And I'm going to tell you something just before you start to think, well, maybe this is contradicting what Paul is saying. No way, it is not contradicting at all. As a matter of fact, what James is doing is he's adding the new dimension to it, the actual thing that needs to happen when you have faith. It needs to be born in fruit, and the fruit is... It's called action. So suppose that a brother or a sister was out clothes or daily food. If, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself is, if not accompanied by action, is dead, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did? when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that it was his faith and his actions were working together. If you have your Bible or your tablet, you might want to highlight that or underline that. It was working, faith and action working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, 
Was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. That final, his final words, so faith without deeds is dead. I, I love coming to church. I love coming to this building. I love being with you. I love hearing your voices. I love to be able to talk in front of you. You know that. You, you can just say amen. You love to talk way too much, Pastor. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. I will keep it up. <laughs> uh, no, we, we talk and we... But, and, and that's a good thing. But if I just talk up here and talk and talk and talk, but I never do anything beyond these walls. If I never reach out, if I never allow it to fill me and change me and, and infiltrate who I am as a person, who cares? It's dead. And so to, today I want to just come to you and I just want to just be so... Um, seek to be transparent every Sunday, but this Sunday I want you to know that I, I, I'm struggling. I've been struggling for, a, for about a week, and, and, I've, and I've seen, well, just let me just tell you this. If you don't believe in spiritual warfare, today's sermon is not going to mean anything to you. But church, if you believe that there is a spirit that is against the church, if you believe that there is an enemy of you and your family and your children and your friends and your neighbors and even anything that's happening right here and right now, there's an enemy that does not want to see it happen. If you don't believe that, this isn't going to make much sense to you, but I want you to understand with me that right now a spiritual battle is being waged in our midst. And I have victory in Jesus. Have you maybe done that song before and sang those words, victory in Jesus? We have victory in Jesus. But I want to tell you this, the battle is no less real even in the midst of the victory. James is clear with us today. He pulls no punches. Faith without action is used. I mean, he, he begins to look at us and he, I mean, he puts it in a way that my, my, you know, my kids could, you know, if, when they were little, could, they could understand. And I think to myself, well, what's, what's the crux of what James is saying? To lighten the mood a little bit with James, I wanted to just share a video with you, but it's a video of this young child and, and you're going to have to listen closely. He's working on homework, and his uncle is actually uh, taping him on his phone and, and taking this video, and, and he writes this caption when he, he says, you know, if, if this is what teachers go through every day, I'm going to pray harder for you, is what he said. <laughs> and some of you teachers out there, yes, you know what I'm talking about better than I do. But he said, oh, he, and, and this young, young man, this young boy, he, he's there, and he's got this, you know, book open, 
And he's going through these problems. And you know kind of how it's, you know, if, if so-and-so has one dollar here and, you know, some you know, extra change here, how much does he have? Well, well, listen to him because he has a different take on it than you might have ever thought of before. One dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies. How, how, much, money, how much money does he have? Jane broke. <laughs> <laughs> I share that to say this, and he's, he's going through and he says, yeah, if, if Jaden has one dollar and if he has 25 cents and he has two pennies, you know, how, how much money does he have? He has a whole different perspective. Jaden's broke. <laughs> and here's what James is saying to us. You can talk and you can talk. If you have a thousand words, if your sermons are 10 hours long, it can be amazing. But guess what? If you don't live it out in your life, you're spiritually broke. You capture what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. Faith without action is useless. And in the original language that we find you know, behind the scenes here, where it's derived from, it, it's, it, this portion of Scripture is derived from the same root as when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 13, if a salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. It's, it's easy to say the words, but if we're, our words aren't, and our faith doesn't come out in our actions, it's just like salt that has no salt taste. I, I shared with you earlier that I've just been sensing... Uh, battles and going through uh, battles here recently that are so so real and they've been so heartbreaking to me. And here's the situation, and it's it, it's not anyone here in this church. It's not that. It, it's the enemy. I'm seeing the enemy trying to worm his way into people's lives and and hurt things that should have never happened. And and and. And I'm seeing people struggle and have questions that, and, and doubts because Satan is twisting and he's doing what he does so well. He's the father of lies and the father of confusion. And he's doing things because he wants to stop the work of the church. And as your pastor, I know I haven't been here long, but... I don't take myself very seriously. You know that already. <laughs> but I take Jesus seriously. And I take what the church does seriously. And when you're hurting and, and when I'm hearing the stories and when there's struggles that you're going through and you're coming to me, I hurt with you. I'm hurting with you. You've done so well and you've been so resilient through some really tough times. But in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of where we see just society breaking down and pain and hurt happening all around us, I want you to know that our enemy is not above taking advantage. And so, as I, as I come to you today, I want you to know that while Jesus is the victor, the battle is real. Don't, don't let down your guard, church. 
Stay in the fight. Don't just talk the talk. Allow your faith to be seen in action because I'm telling you, here's what scares the devil more than anything else. It's a church that doesn't just talk the talk, but a church that walks the walk. And here's the thing, is this church, I believe, is scaring the enemy. And he's coming after me, and he's coming after your leaders, and he's coming after you. But greater is he who is in this place and in your heart than the he who is in this world. Amen. So today, I, this week, I, with some of the giants that have come in the midst of these days, I just... I took it on myself. Have you ever been there where you just kind of take it all on yourself? As if it, it all depends on you. <laughs> oh man, if I, if I don't get this just right, if I don't make just the right decisions, if I don't just do or say the right things, it's just not going to, oh, it's, it all depends. It doesn't depend on me, by the way. And it doesn't all depend on you. It all depends on Jesus. I mean, that's the name that causes the gates of hell to tremble. And so here's, here's what I'm saying when I, when I share this. I, I know that you're going through tough times. Many, many here have, have expressed some things that you're going through personally. And I want you to know we stand up together today in victory. And I hear it all the time during this pandemic and everything else that we need, we're in this together. But I want to tell you on a spiritual level, that means something totally different. We're in this together, church. Monday, I'm having a, a morning meeting and it was with, it was with Joel. Hi, Joel. <laughs> good to see you back there. And, and we had a good meeting, and you know, God was just speaking to me through Joel and, and refreshing me and good things there. And I didn't share anything. There's some things, by the way, as a pastor, you just can't share. It's just confidences. And, but I'm feeling this weight that day, and I've been struggling even physically before that. And, and after I had the meeting with, with Joel, I... We had a good time, and I had another coffee, and maybe that was the problem. <laughs> but I went home, and I just began to shake. Uncon I couldn't control. Jackie's looking at me, and I'm like, what's going on? I, you know, and, I, and I just, like, within a matter of minutes, my strength was gone. I, I thought, man, here we go. I mean, maybe this coronavirus thing is real. I don't know. And, and so, you know, I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get banged for that. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> but we, we are, I'm, I'm, laying, I'm, I'm there and I was like, I got to get something in my stomach. I thought maybe I'm just hungry and I did that and I'm still, I'm just, within a matter of two hours from the time I was with Joel, I was from feeling 100%, I thought, to just flat on my back. I couldn't, and my head was hurting and a headache and it was just, and I'd slept for six hours. <laughs> Sometimes uh, one pastor told me the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. <laughs> but, 
But this day, I did not want to take a nap. I had meetings I had to go to. I had other things. I just had just enough energy. And I was supposed to even call my father, and he was the last one that I texted. And I said, I'm suck in bed. I couldn't even spell sick right. (laughs) Uh, I woke up, and I was like, what is going on? I had a chocolate chip cookie. I still can taste things. I'm good. It's not the virus. And later on, as I was on the road for a bit, God just was speaking to me, and he said, Matt, the battle is mine. This battle is mine. And though, yes, as a pastor and his leaders and his people within the church, we need to be people of action, and we need to take up our faith and move forward in it together in real and tangible ways. But I want you to know, lean on Jesus in the midst of it. Lean on him. Lean on Jesus. It's easy for me to get up here and say, oh, just do this, do that. But I want you to know, first and foremost, if I ever tell you anything that is contradictory to what Jesus says in Scripture, don't listen to me. Amen? Listen to Jesus. James is saying to us all, we all are going to come to those days where we're facing battles and giants and hurts and pains and struggles. We are all going to come to a time where we come to a fork in the road, a cross life, or crossroads, excuse me, in our life, that where we have to make a decision. We have to say, you know what? Is it, I'm going to try to take all of this onto myself. Am I going to do it my way? Am I going to just say, if it's going to be, it has to depend on me. Or am I going to say, if it's going to be, it's going to have to be done in the strength of Jesus Christ. And when we come to those crossroads, we take a step of faith when we say, yes to Jesus, I surrender all. It's a step called sanctification when we say, I'm done trying to do it my way, Lord. It is your way and your way alone. And we come to those crossroads. Yes, and you you may come to them Ten times a day or more. <laughs> what is going to be your path? James is reminding us when we do come to those crossroads, are your words going to choose, excuse me, are your words and walk going to choose the same path? Maybe the better question would be, why would I say I believe? And then do things that don't match up. It's a matter of integrity. It's a matter of moral character. And I'm reminded that when our faith is truly in action and engaged, that what is happening on the inside, what is happening on the inside of me, and what's happening on the inside of you, influences the actions that others see outside. You see, if, if I'm the type of person where I say, you know what, you need to be out there and loving people for Jesus, but I never get outside of the walls of my office or my, the church building or my home, and I never intentionally... Why would you want to follow someone like that? Why would... Does that even matter when I say those words? 
More than 2,500 years ago, the Proverbs writer noted that as we think in our hearts, so we become. I just wanted to ask you just to take a moment this morning, if you would just take a more introspective moment and just don't worry about who's around you, don't think about anyone else, but just say, God, will you search my heart right now? Just take a moment. God, would, would you search my heart? Search our heart, Lord. This understanding from Proverbs that as we think in our hearts, so we become, it's this ancient idea that has been echoed by other wisdom writers throughout all time. It's been confirmed by modern science and Coaches teach the importance of even visualizing before winning, and psychologists point out the power of people's actions and their attitudes, and doctors note the impact of the positive attitude and having hope in Christ in regards to your healing. What we believe, church, what we believe really matters. Next month, uh, Greg and I are partnering up, Pastor Greg and I are partnering up, and we're going to be talking about what are our core values, what are the things that we really hold the most dear. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great journey. But here's the thing, what we believe really matters. We reap what we sow, what we do or neglect to do in the privacy of our daily lives. It does impact who we are. If you neglect your heart, if you neglect your mind, if you can neglect your soul, it does change who you are on the outside as well as on the inside. And I'm telling you, just like I shared last week, if I don't got it on the inside, I can't give it on the outside. You might wonder, well, I don't know why it's so important for me to have daily devotions. I don't know why it's important for me to be in meditation and prayer. I don't know why it's important for me to nail down before my chair or my bed or wherever you find your space. It's because whatever is in you will come out. We want to have the right things coming out. And on the inside, all of us, and maybe some of us I know right now are in the midst of facing giants that seek to rob us of being people of faith that are revealed in action. When I was at my first pastorate in Goodland, Kansas, I, I, I was wrestling with the Lord and... and, and, and and I'm in consistent communication with God. I just, even as I'm walking, or just going from place to place. And, and, and in this moment where we found ourselves, we went to this little church, and I, could, I told you about it before. It only had 18 people when we started there. My, my yearly salary was $18,000, and in year 2000, that still wasn't much money. <laughs> and, uh, and so we had a parsonage, and it was falling apart, and it was just uh, crazy. And for us to be there and continue we, we, to take care of some things, we sold one of our vehicles, we sold several things that we could sell to help us out, but we weren't able to keep up because we couldn't sell our home from the place that we moved from. We still had a home, and we're making a monthly mortgage payment, and we're like, Lord, what are we going to do? And I'm praying, and I'm, I'm kind of upset. I, I even said, I remember saying, God, I know you told me to come here. Are you just going to just dump us out here in the middle of nowhere and not help us with this situation? Where are you in the midst of this? 
And so I, I prayed, and I was at the altar in that, in that little church there on the north side of town, Goodland Church of the Nazarene, and, and I sensed God speaking to me. And, and we were paying our tithe through the midst of this. You know, it's 10% of our income, which is not much when you say 18,000. But, but it was, it, we were paying, we were consistent. But we were, we were struggling to pay our bills. We didn't know what we were going to Jackie's trying to get a job. She couldn't find a job in this little town that was working. And, and so we, we, we just didn't know where to turn next. We sold everything we could sell. And I heard the Lord, just as clear as a bell, say to me, Matt, as I'm kneeling there, and I'm, Matt, you need to up your tithe from 10% to 20%. And I said, no chance in heaven. (laughs) What were you thinking now? No way, there's no way that I can do this. There's no way. And I'm not joking when I tell you I wrestled with, every time I would go back into the church building, it was as if God had a big banner, as big as that kid's corner banner. Are you going to do it? You say you trust me. You say you came here because I told you to. Are you going to trust me in this? If I was big enough to bring you here, am I going to be big enough to take care of you through this? Who am I in your life inside, Matt? Who am I to you? Is your faith going to be worked out in action? And we wrestled and we wrestled and we wrestled. And finally, I came up with the greatest ultimatum I could think of. And it was this. If you're going to do this, God, if this is really of you, then you got to tell her. And I'm not joking, because I already felt like, man, here, I've drug her all the way across. It's been the story of my ministry. I've drug her all the way across here. She should have known right off the bat, here we go to Kansas, and it's not on a crazy, dusty town, and it's just, you know, uh, oh. But here we are, and I was like, you've got you've to tell her. And so I'll never forget, I walked into this little, I mean, our parsonage almost could fit on this stage, at the top and it was it did have a basement so it was double but still was small <laughs> i i walked up and in and i i said jackie i gotta talk to you and i'm just practically in tears because i just didn't even want to say this because we didn't have the money to do what we were being caught to do already <sighs> but i sat jackie down and i said here's what I've been wrestling with God for a month, and I know we don't have it, and I know what you're going to say, but here's what God is saying to me. And as I began to reveal what God was doing in my heart, tears began to just run down her face, and I was like, oh, great, here we go. She's, I mean, you know, I finally, you know, broke the last straw, you know, and it wasn't it at all. She looked at me and she said, Matt, she said, God put that on my heart about a month ago. And I've already been paying 20% and I didn't know how to tell you. After that, after I finally, I mean, that was a major, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal now, but I'm telling you for a young couple that we didn't have two pennies to rub together, I was a huge step And God said, for this season, you need to learn how to trust in me, Matt. You need to learn that I come first no matter what. 
And so here I, here I was, and God had already taken care of it. I just had to, I just had to move in the right direction. He'd already taken care of it. And here's the amazing thing, and it doesn't always happen this way, trust me. But after that, I'm not kidding you, we had that talk the next Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which, Jackie went in to go cash our check. And as she went in, the teller said to her, I noticed you keep really good books when you're going through that. Would you like a job? It's two days a week, exactly what we were hoping for with little kids. God gave us a job for Jackie. God began to grow that little church. Uh, my income didn't go up very much, but it, it went up enough that it helped us in amazing ways. And here's the great thing. We never suffered one day. God always takes care of his people. But first, my mouth and my feet had to match. Do you understand? How can I come up here and preach to you week after week if my mouth and what I do with my hands and my feet don't match up. I can't do it. There's a reason in this portion of Scripture why James uses Abraham to illustrate his point here. The audience that he spoke to, this church that was scattered from Jerusalem and all around, and it was... They understood who Abraham was. They had utmost respect for Abraham. And they understood that not only did Abraham walk across deserts in faith, not only did Abraham accept the word of God when he said, you know what, your descendants are going to be as more than the stars in the sky, even though you don't even have a son as a 70-year-old man, but it's going to be more than the stars that you see in the sky. He accepted it by faith. But not only did he do that, but when God gave him through a miracle, through his wife, this beautiful son, Isaac, that he was ready to place his own son Isaac on the altar and take his life because God always came first in word and deed for Abraham. And they understood. That's why he used that illustration in this portion of Scripture. Here's the thing we need to understand, and it's so relatable to us when we think of Abraham and others, and what James is saying is that we all have giants in our life that want to keep our words of faith and our belief separate from our real life. The second thing is inside victories of faith precede outside victories. Let me explain that we have... we need to have settled decisive battles in our heart before our faith becomes complete in our actions. And if we don't, we don't have it here, as I said before, we can't give it out there, but there's so many of us, and I've been guilty of this, maybe nobody else here has been, but I've been guilty of this, where I've just talked about the faith, and, and I've had this idea of intellectual faith. But do you know what the definition of intellectual faith is? It's a faith that does nothing. Let me say that again. Intellectual faith is a faith that does nothing. <laughs> it's good to talk. It's good to plan. I mean, what if on our staff meetings, we meet in my, in, well, the parsonage, but it's my parsonage for right now. <laughs> we meet in the parsonage and... And we 
we get together, we talk about the Sunday service, we talked about trunk or treat, we're talking about how we are being missional and how we're going to accomplish being missional and what we do in the future. But if we talk and talk and talk and talk and we don't do anything, James is saying that talking about our faith is not enough. We got to act on it. And we have to look for opportunities. About a month ago, I got my hair cut. I know it didn't help, but I do my best. And so we, we have, we're there, and I'm sitting in the barber's shop, and, and I'm sitting down, and this guy, and I had my mask on, and he said, I just want to tell you, thank you for wearing your mask. And he began to vent to me, and he's telling me, you know, there's people who just get in, come in here, and they're angry at me, and they don't understand that I could lose my business license, and, and this is the only income I have for my family. Thank you for just coming in and not making a big fuss about it, because he said, you know, there's this, and I won't even mention names, but there's this religious group that, that they have folks that are coming in all the time, and they tell me, if you know what, that I'm, I'm not acting in faith in God. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I don't really, I'm not claiming to be any type of a Christian or anything else. He said, I've been trying to seek and figure out what God is all about. But he said, it sure doesn't help when people come into here and they say to me, if you were just really faith-based in God, and if you just really would just take this understanding and just work within it, you would know that you're not going to get sick and I'm not going to get sick. And he said, well, that isn't going to help me when it comes to when the inspector comes in here and says, I'm pulling your license. Are you going to pay for my salary? And he was heated and he told me, it just happened again an hour before you got here. How can people say that when I, you know, that, that, that God's going to make everything well and God's going to make everything right? He says, I've been to St. Jude's Hospital. I, he rides a motorcycle. He went there with a group of motorcyclists. He said, I've been there and I've seen how children are suffering. How could a good God allow that? Oh, great. Here we, I thought I just came to get my hair cut, Lord. For about an hour... We had a theological discussion. And I tried to be nice because I wanted to look halfway decent. <laughs> but we had this discussion back and forth. And there are times when I had to say to him, and it's okay, church, to say this, I don't know. But for me to try to force feed him answers and not be real with him, it was going nowhere. As a matter of fact, his his significant other, his, his spouse, I'm not sure if they're married or what, I can't remember, but anyway, she's trying to pull him closer to Christ, and these things are pushing him farther away from Christ, and he said, have you ever read a book that's called The Case for a Creator? Oh yeah, I've read that, I know that book, and we began to talk about that, and then I began to be able to reveal, I don't understand it all, I won't share his name, but I don't understand, but I told him in that chair, but I do know this, God loves you. And suddenly, he just, his demeanor changed. And he began to open up to me and share things. I, I just read a book about, you know, why God allows bad things to happen to good people, that type of a thing. And I thought, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to, he's on my Oikos list. He's right at the top of my list. I'm praying for him. But here's the thing, folks. We've got to have a faith that is not just something that we talk about. It's something that we take with us everywhere we go.
Faith is not really faith if it doesn't spur us to action. Faith is not really complete, James is revealing, until you give it hands and feet. Faith was ordained by God to be a verb, not a noun. I mean, I believe so much that we have to have this faith. My wife and I believe so much in this faith that in the midst of one of the toughest times of our life, we named our middle daughter Faith. Because we believe and we have faith for something greater and a hope that's greater on the other side of what we found ourselves in in the midst of that. I believe in the goodness of faith. Our Next daughter, Kennedy, although she was named after a wonderful Democratic president. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> I, just, I like to poke the bear a little bit, you know. Her middle name is Grace. Because I, I believe that faith is seen, is seen in grace. Amen? I'm going to ask you today, what has God uniquely gifted you to do for him that he's called you to do that no one else can do? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith, it says, without deeds is dead. And the positive implication that James is making obvious is that if faith without deeds is dead, then guess what? Faith with action is alive. Faith with action is a live church. And you are an alive church. I see you already moving in those directions. You've been doing it for years and years and years. Pastor Brian, here with you, built a great church body. But it was not he who did it in himself. And it won't be me who takes you to the next level by myself. It is because we follow the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. And we believe in him by faith. Some will say, oh, we all have giants. But I'm going to tell you this. It is also said that the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Don't let Satan cause you to cower in a corner, church. He is crafty. He is the father of lies. He is the father of confusion. But know that what little power he has is no match for our God. First Peter reveals to us in 5.8, he says to it this way, and he reveals it in such a dramatic way. He says to us, your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like, and oh, I don't have that up there, but it's just, don't worry about that back in the back. But it says he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I want to reveal something, and as a matter of fact, if you have that open in your Bible, or if you're looking it up now, when you get there, underline the word like. That word means that he masquerades. He's a great pretender. He's excellent at, at puffing himself up to be something that he is not. He's just a straw man in the face of our powerful God. He is like a lion. He comes around roaring like a lion. And yes, he does devour and he does hurt and he does destroy when we fall to his, all of his, his, his ways and his craftiness and his lies and his deceit. But here's the amazing thing is that he, while he is like a lion, as it says there in First Peter, there is only 
only one true lion of Judah, and he's the one you and I serve today. Don't let him fool you. He and his shudder at the thought of our God, James tells us. I'm going to close with this. The giants and the strongholds will never fall if we don't put our faith into action, church. You know this already. You know this very well. I love that story of David and Goliath. I mean, I remember it from when I was a kid. It just seems like I've known it my whole life. But I just can't forget that that little boy, and I connected with David as a boy, as a young boy. And I can imagine, you know, here he's been with God, communing with God out in the fields, protecting sheep. He's had practice against lions and bears and kinds of other things, but, but here he was before this giant, and he sees this giant who was cursing the God he loves and cursing his brothers that he loves and cursing the nation that he loves, and that giant does it every day and every day, and everybody's scared and everybody's cowering, and he sees him as this huge straw man as in comparison to what our God is. And so he walks up to him. He's like, I can't handle all that armor that you're trying to give me. Don't try to make me something that I'm not. I'm going to stand before this giant as David. And I'm going to say to him, and he says these exact words, you come against me, Goliath, with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And then just decisively he says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I want you to know whatever the giant is in your life, this day in Christ, he can be delivered. That giant can fall that is being up against you in your heart. That stronghold in your family, in your relationships, it can fall in Jesus' name. In 1859, there was a French man who all of his life had dreamed of this feat. And he, he had it all mapped out. and It was an amazing thing and an amazing dream. And they talked and they planned for years and years. And finally, he found himself standing at Niagara Falls. His name is Charles Blondin, and he's there. And there had been a tightrope that was going from the United States side of the falls all the way to the Canadian side. And he was so good. And I mean, he, 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 and they, he had an agent that got drummed up publicity and newspapers. And this news went all over the nation. And and he would go back and forth across this tightrope. And there was nothing like today, you know, where you know, they have you know, scat, you know, this type of a, a tether or anything. Nothing like that. He's over this water. And they said you know, the, the, the stranded wire was, was wet. He couldn't see sometimes because of the, just all of the, the vapor coming up. They couldn't even see him. But he went back. So one time he went back and forth on stilts. Another time he went to the middle and he took out you know, this little stove and he cooked an egg as he was out in the middle. He was just a great showman. Finally, one of the big things that you, know, you can read about and you can look it up online, but he took a wheelbarrow like this and he filled it with rocks from one side. And he picked it up and 
He went all the way across to the other side. People were cheering for him. I mean, it was just amazing. He turned around and he went all the way back to the side, the other side. And, and I mean, and it was just this amazing applause every time he made. Every time he did it, it was just like everybody was just, uh, you know, they couldn't, they were just taken back. He did it again. And this went on for weeks. One time, as he got to the one side, he, he took the wheelbarrow and all those rocks that were in there, he pushed them out, and, and they went off to the side, and he said, how many of you believe, though, I could put whatever I wanted to in here, and I could go across again? How many of you believed? And the whole crowd cheered, yeah, we believe you can do it. He had them all riled up. The next thing he says to them, well, who's going to get in? Crickets crickets i mean and he didn't he didn't stop he's like but who believes i can do it with someone get someone in who believes i can take someone across and they all it's going to be staged somehow and 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 they're all erupting and as soon as he said somebody from your this crowd will you will you get in can you imagine Nobody. It was so bad that it's been told that his publicist, he was concerned this was going to ruin everything, so his publicist got in and, and held on for the ride. James Church, here in this portion of Scripture, he's saying, do you believe? Are you all in? Will you get in? The same God that has brought you through so many trials and struggles. The same God who brought down the giant for David and has brought down giants in your life. You're up against another giant now or you might be up against another giant tomorrow or soon in your future. It might be, oh, God only knows, but he's going to be asking you in that moment. Maybe he's asking you right now, will you get in? Will you trust me? Are you all in, church? Some of you, God has been saying to you, you know what, I, I want you to go in this certain direction. And you're saying, I'm not going to go there. Or maybe somebody, you know, God's saying, you know what, I, I want you to stay in this situation. I don't want to stay in this situation. Are you going to trust him? I don't want you to listen to me, church. I want you to listen to Jesus. Do you hear me? Today, as I've been preaching, I had my Bible open to James and in this portion, my Bible, and look at my, my wonderful, I just got this Bible like a month ago. My eyes don't work well anymore, falling apart, and now my dog takes advantage of me. I'm getting another one. It's on order. Should be here this week. <laughs> now you're talking. Amen. Someone get that guy. He needs to preach next week. So, but I brought it up. I, I use it still to prepare. James is still intact. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I brought it up here because sometimes when faith is put into action... It looks like this. It's not always easy. It's messy. 
But you know what? Even if my dog completely ate this Bible, my faith is not in the paper. My faith is in Jesus. I, I know that you probably think, well, he's the pastor, and he's just saying this, and I get it, and, and you need to get to know me better. But I love you, church. And so I'm reminded of something that we were interviewing here, and we're going underneath that portico out there, and Bill and Nancy come through, and Bill looks at me and he says, we decided, Pastor, something. If you come here and if you're called, we're going to love you. He said, we figured... When a baby comes, you know, when we're expecting, we decide to love that baby before it even gets here, before we even know its name, before we even, we're going to love you too. It was a choice that God was already in the midst of. I love you, church. Because God has gifted me with the privilege of being your pastor. And because I know the promise and potential here. And one individual who is going through so much right now, I said to that individual just this week, I said, I want you to know that the enemy wouldn't be working so hard against you if he didn't know that God has great plans to use you in amazing ways for the future. Count it a privilege, church, when you come under all forms of persecution. Count it a privilege, church, when people spitefully speak about you. Count it a privilege, church, when you go through trials of all kinds because these things are the things that make us the body of Christ and make us powerful and effective in our world when we continually say yes to Jesus and no enemy today is not going to be your day just stand with me you might uh, you might feel led by the Holy Spirit today to come forward and you might be led to pray for your neighbor for a friend for yourself maybe you've sensed God today saying to you I've been telling you to get into that wheelbarrow, remember? <laughs> Our God is greater, church. Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you, 
God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, here's good news, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Sing it again. And believe it with your heart. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, sing it out to Him. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Do you believe it today? Amen. He's greater, folks. Whatever you're thinking and maybe whatever you walked in with this morning, He's greater. Victories are happening in Jesus right now, amen. This is just the beginning. Church, I'm I'm just asking you to join me in the wheelbarrow. Will you pray with me consistently? Will you put feet to your faith? I know you already have been, but folks, we're just getting begin. We're just beginning. (laughs) Because our God is not finished with Woodland Life Center yet. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for showing up, Lord. We thank you, God, for speaking to our hearts. I don't know, Lord, but I know you've spoken to me. Thank you, God. Thank you for being our strong tower. Thank you for being our refuge. And thank you for being our boldness. And Lord, I pray, as we leave this place today, that the power that we have sensed and we've been filled with right now, that it would continue to flow. And God, we know you continue to fill. So Lord, help us to be people who decide now. As for me, as for me and my family, as for me and my faith, as for me and, and my business, as for me and the place where I find my place tomorrow, we will serve the Lord. In our recreation, we will serve you, God. In our retirement, we will serve you. And in our jobs, we will serve you. In our colleges, we will serve you. In our schools, we will serve you. No one and nothing will take that away. Keep filling us, God. We'll keep walking with you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, and for your glory, and for your glory alone. Amen. Are you glad you've been to church today? Amen. I'm glad you're here with us. If you're new or you would just like to talk with me, I'm going to be off here on your right side, and I'd be glad to just talk with you, pray with you, whatever. If it's your first time, I'd love to meet you. God bless you this day. You're dismissed in his grace and his power. Amen. Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice.